Hey, welcome into Pro Football Ireland. It's week 18 of the NFL season, and we're getting there. It's hard to believe this is the last week of the regular season. Michael McQuaid, Mark Hogan, Michaela Fagan. Um, look, Mark, starting off, how are you doing, man? Are you excited for week 18? If I unmute myself, Michael, going into week 18 last year, we needed a Jags team that were 14-point underdogs to beat the Colts, and they not only beat them, they beat them by 15 points to have some crazy permutations work out for us. So although some of these games we're going to talk about, we might say are a bit obvious, um, week 18 last year threw up a massive upset. I'm hoping for that again this year. Michaela, I think we're due a massive upset. If not this week, then clearly next week or whenever the wildcard games start off. You can never guess what's really going to happen in week 18. Something always comes out of the park. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, it's called any given Sunday for a reason. So, like, even Pete, my dad, who does not know a clue about football but would watch the football films, he'll just come in. If someone gets beaten that shouldn't have gotten beaten and should have won, like, say, the Chiefs getting beaten by the Broncos, he'd be like, well, that's what they call any given Sunday, even though he doesn't have a clue about the game. But, yeah, there's going to be some upsets this week. Thanks for using my Broncos as, as an example, Michaela. Really appreciate You're that. And, uh, more than welcome. Excellent. Uh, look, but... Before we go into week 18, folks, obviously, if you're watching this or listening to the podcast, um, it's hard not to bring up what happened on Monday night in the Monday Night Football game. I was watching it live whenever uh, DeMar Hamlin with the Buffalo Bills suffered that injury. It was beyond awful. And I think that's all. Like, you know, I, I, I don't think I or anybody here can do it justice, just how bad it was. And we wish him, his family, the Buffalo Bills organization, uh, the very, very best. We are recording this on a Wednesday evening nighttime in ireland which is a wednesday afternoon in the u.s eastern wednesday morning pacific i think in the west coast so basically if the nfl do announce anything or change anything in regards to week 18 that's why you're probably wondering why this is not relevant to time but that would be why and uh we hopefully don't expect any you know too much to happen to week 18 hopefully it does happen but more importantly Nothing matters more than uh, the life and the health of Demar Hamlin, and we and we wish him the very very best. If you um, can say a prayer for him or keep him in your thoughts or light a candle, we we and I know the Buffalo Bills will really really appreciate it. So, um, yeah, and I I know we got football to talk about this weekend, and it's um, it's crazy because Mark, it's it's week eighteen, and we're we're looking at this Green Bay Packers Detroit Lions game, and you're thinking this Packers team were four and eight. This Lions team are one and six. We've seen that the Packers in London in person, and we've seen how they melted against a New York Giants team that yes, going into the playoffs, but the the, the the Giants, I think the Giants are playing better towards the end of the season than they were in the first few weeks, especially in London. So I was shocked. I still am shocked at the manner in which uh, how the Packers played. They have one game to get into the big dance. It's against an NFC North opponent. It's an absolute beezer of a game uh, this Sunday. I, I can't wait to watch this game. I guess for me, there's two situations here. You know, we, we know what's going to happen, Mark, with the Lions. The Lions are going to keep Dan Campbell. They're going to be happy with their season. They're going to be happy with what they've done and come back and the way that they progress as a team. Their offense has been excellent and fun to watch. The Packers, on the other hand, if the, there's not many people talking about this, I find, especially in the discourse online. Everyone's talking about how the Packers have now got their chance this weekend. If the Packers lose this game on Sunday and don't make the playoffs, is Aaron Rodgers done in Green Bay? Because I certainly think Aaron Rodgers 
could be done in Green Bay if they don't win this game. And that's for a multitude of reasons. I, I, I also feel that the, the, that the GM, the OC or the head or, or the head coach needs to be held accountable to this because in the division that they are in with a quite a fletchy Minnesota Vikings team, a Chicago Bears team that were the only person that's going to really be there next year is a crop of wide receivers and Justin Fields. And the Detroit Lions team that, don't get me wrong, are playing fun football, fun to watch, and they're getting better. This Packers team have massively underperformed this season. And you can't just come rock up week 18 and expect to win against a Lions team that wants to do everything in their power to beat them. I think we're coming into a huge game on Sunday Night Football. And I personally think this could be Aaron Rodgers' last game in Lambeau Field. Am I mad? Uh, I think you are mad because of some different storylines going into it. And it's, I guess there's a lot to unpack with the game on a kind of a macro and a micro level. You said it's a doozy of a game, but if Seattle beats the Rams earlier on in the day, Detroit has nothing to play for. Now, will they still want to go out and beat Green Bay? I think absolutely. But one way or another, the players are going to be deflated. We've seen it happen in the past when guys think that they have a chance in some night football to get through and win an in situation. It doesn't turn out like that. I suppose why this game was flexed in is because one way or another, it is winning in for Green Bay. When you talk about how good the Packers have become I suppose just as we started this podcast I finally found the stat that Green Bay would just be the third team all time that was four and eight to make it into the playoffs even more impressively the Detroit Lions having once been one and six this season would just become the second team ever the first since 1970 to get there so we are talking about like super long odds and how these teams have turned around and when these teams last played in week nine they that was when the Lions were one and six they went on seven and two the game since then, which just shows how much they turned around. And we know the Packers have obviously won the last five of seven. But what has been through that with us the whole time is the narratives around Aaron Rodgers. And are you telling me that he doesn't love this position that they're in now? Like he's had everything thrown at him. And then on Aaron, or on Pat McAfee during the week, he basically said, yeah, if you follow the narratives around our team, it's a roller coaster ride. But if you're like me and you just stay steady and believe if other teams or if we keep knocking one win off at a time and then the other teams have done us the favors, ultimately we do control our own destiny. So, you know, the arrogance sometimes that goes along with Aaron Rodgers, how he has survived these narratives of that he can't play without the wide receiver how he's too negative how they should put Justin or Jordan Love in we talked about putting Jordan Love in a few weeks ago saying that you're looking towards the future but at the end of the day he stayed focused on that one mindset of we keep on doing our job we get some help and all of a sudden now they don't need any help anymore so I think if the Lions don't have anything to play for if the Packers you know just need to beat them I don't see it being much of a game. I'll give you one stat. Uh, we might wrap around to the Lions again in a second, but I will tell you, the Lions have been scoring 33 points at home. They're going to Lambeau Field, which has obviously been a cauldron for years. I know it's not the same now in recent years, but they've been scoring 19 on the road. I just don't see how they're going to be able to put it up against the uh, Packers this weekend one way or another. Mikhail, it's a really intriguing game because from the minute I watched Hard Knocks in August, I loved Dan Campbell. I loved his energy. And I've really enjoyed watching this Lions team, especially its defense, which has come up crops in the second half of the season. Its offense is excellent. Amon Ra is class. But I guess when you're going into Lambeau, you have to ask yourself, 
can they actually go to Lambeau and beat the Packers in a game where, yes, as Mark said, it may not be a game which they may find any value for themselves in the postseason, but they can still, regardless of what happens in Seattle, they could still knock their rivals Green Bay out of the playoffs. The Green Bay Packers not making the playoffs would be huge, huge news. Um, what are your thoughts on this game at the weekend? It's my must watch game of the weekend just because of the playoff implications and obviously because the Packers are such a big team everyone expects them to get into the playoffs every year so the fact that they struggled mightily during the beginning of the season and they've they're kind of kind of rushing towards the end it's just I'm actually infuriated I think I said this the last time that the Packers I I know people want the Packers in the playoffs because they are a decent team and you want to see the best of the best in the in the playoffs but I'm the type of person that's like, yeah, I want to see the best of the best, but I want to see some underdogs as well. So if the Green Bay Packers go into the playoffs, it's like they're to me, it's like they're not underdogs. They're just a team who kind of like the LA Rams, we know they're good, but for some reason they haven't performed up to their level or their standard this year. So it's just like a blip for them. So if I would rather take someone, an underdog like the Detroit Lions, who have somehow managed to rally together and get all these wins, and especially when they've started off so poorly as well. I'd rather have them in the playoffs than than the Green Bay Packers, who are just having, like I said, a blip of a bad season. But yeah, I I really do want the Lions to win. I'd be I'd be sad if they don't because I think they deserve it more than the Packers. But it would be interesting to see if the if they do beat the. The, the Packers I wouldn't put a pass and they they did beat them already this season now I know that was at Ford Field and stuff like that and Lambeau is very very difficult to play it's a fortress but you never know what can happen it's called any given Sunday for a reason so if the stars are aligning for an amazing kind of Sunday I, I would think the, a more amazing storyline is the Detroit Lions beating the Packers and getting into the playoffs but um, and if the Packers don't get into the playoffs, I think it's a question about Matt Lafleur's uh, position, possibly, or Aaron Rodgers. One of them's going to go if they don't get into the playoffs this season. And even if they do get into the playoffs and go one and done, I think one of them is gone in the off season. I I really think that that Lafleur could be in trouble, and I was laughed almost off a different podcast for saying that. I I I feel he could be. I, Right, let's jump on the other side of this game. And Mark, it goes into the whole situation with the Seahawks. The Seahawks, if they beat the Rams on Sunday, I mean the Rams, wow. If they beat the Rams on Sunday, they all they need is for the Packers to lose. There's two variables here for me. I, I just don't see how Baker Mayfield and the Rams are going to put it up to the Seahawks. Now, the thing is, <laughs> Seattle have not been that great since the Munich game. There's been weeks where they've played okay. They get over the line last week. They need to find a different level as so we can just get stretch themselves over the line to get there. But then there's also the whole different thing. It's the win-win situation for them. As it stands, they currently have the, what, the third pick in the draft next year after trading for Russell Wilson. So if they win on Sunday, no matter what happens in Sunday Night Football, you could argue that for a lot of people that were doubting Pete Carl, for a lot of people that were doubting Seattle and their performance this season, it's it's been a it's been a positive season for them. And um, I don't think Gino's the future going down the stretch. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, look, it, what really set this team up was the the draft class was phenomenal. Like on defense, you see last week how um, Tariq Woolen was amazing for them. So. I think the Seahawks have obviously pulled it out. Look, a few weeks ago, we were talking, Pete Carroll was in the coach of the year race, and that's kind of fa- faded by the wayside. Like, they are playing their worst football this time of year. 
I suppose why I'm not as intrigued by them is because they don't control their own destiny because they haven't been playing as well. Like the last few weeks, uh, you know, he went off the ball. Gino Smith, I know that he's still tied with Jared Goff, speaking of, for uh, most touchdowns shown this this year. But like at the end of the day, like do I expect the Rams to go and beat them? Absolutely not. Uh, so, you know, it's they should win. But that doesn't help them get into the playoffs, which is kind of tough for them. We know what they kind of are now. They are like a bit more like the Jets, who we know are, you know, they were they were they were a mirror image of the Jets. Really, it was like the defense was way better than expected. Obviously, the Seattle offense was much better. But like when they don't control their own destiny, I just see that I just see Green Bay going through. You know that kind of way. Um, I will say you mentioned a win-win for. Seattle regards the uh, draft pick, but uh, it's a kind of a win-win for the Detroit Lions. Now, one of the wins is far superior. If the Rams do pull this off and gives them a chance at the postseason, they're laughing. But the Rams also are the ones that traded the pick for um, Jared Goff. So <laughs> that can go as low as, I think, the third seed. But if the Rams were to lose, that would go as high as the nine, or not the third seed, the ninth pick. So, I mean, at least there's a silver lining for Detroit if this kind of shakes out the way that we think that it does. Um, And a note on, I know you're asking about whether Geno Smith is the future. I think that all has to play out. I think that is an off-season narrative at this point. But when you talk about Jared Goff, I don't know if he's the future in Detroit, but he certainly wasn't supposed to be the future. So to say that he's gotten it to a question... It's kind of nice when you look at his stats, six passing yards this year, uh, tied fourth in touchdowns. He's way down the board in sacks. He's only taken 22 of them, which obviously speaks to the, you know, the likes of the Penny Seal pick by the Detroit Lions as well. I think that for him, I think it's kind of something that we might talk about in the offseason as well, because it's been a very positive season. And is it worth saying now at this point that whether the Lions get into the playoffs or not, that was kind of a win-win trade in the end of it the Stafford obviously goes and wins the Rams the Super Bowl but the Lions fans at the end of the day got this fantastic year and I don't think many of us expected the uh, this offense to be as potent as it was Jared Goff Michaela is uh, he's thrown more touchdowns in a single season at four field than Matthew Stafford has in in a regular season that's a lovely stat Matthew Stafford Super Bowl champion obviously and Rams fans will argue that they got their guy and they that that they got their ring and that and that's the ultimate win for them but the, look the, the Lions are doing well for for the Seahawks Michaela um it is very much a situation where they have to go out they have to win and they have to sit and wait and they'll be very much like us on the sofa come Sunday night and um, taking your Baker Mayfield hat off there's no way the Rams are winning this game on Sunday is there no, there's no way. Like they lost against the Chargers, but we all expected them to lose against the Chargers. But no, I'm I'm after saying no way. But I'm kind of like if the Rams could beat anyone, they could probably go and beat the Seahawks. Like the Seahawks aren't the best, you know. I know they had that amazing start to the season, and we we're all kind of like, well, we underestimated them. We underestimated Geno Smith and Pete Carroll and stuff like that. But yeah, the Seahawks should win the game, but because of their most recent form I don't think they're going to win it comfortably I think the Rams could maybe keep them under pressure for the whole game and I I wouldn't be completely surprised if the Rams bet them just just because like I said they're they're not they're kind of just like a mediocre team kind of like the Jets in that sense so they are definitely there to be beaten even though it doesn't get the Rams anything, you know, a little bit of pride <laughs> for the end of the season. But um, Seahawks, yeah, the Geno Smith isn't the answer to me. He's just kind of, 
he, he played what he's he's played all like he played well he, he sold himself proud but you can kind of tell he's not going to be the franchise guy because i think if they had somebody in seattle like maybe justin herbert i think they'd they'd probably be in a playoff kind of more contention or they'd be winning more games if they had like that star franchise quarterback so i think the i think at the moment they have the number three pick so they're definitely going to draft a quarterback uh in the in the next draft if they have a high pick like that and there's i think there's bryce young there's a couple another couple of quarterbacks that are that are going to be there for the taking so seahawks yep they're going to go with a new quarterback next season i just remind you you can get all the uh, the the discourse the chats on our twitter channel at nfl ireland uh we're so popular now on twitter that john cena followed us yesterday so if you're a WWE fan, maybe you might tweet us. I'm not even joking. He actually didn't. I wanted to find a way to get the end of the broadcast this week. Um, I will just very I'll, I'll go into the next topic now, but I, I will say, yeah, in terms of what Michaela said, it's, it's interesting because I, I don't think Gino's going to be there next season in Seattle, but I think statistically through the first, what is it, eight or nine weeks of the season, he was like the best quarterback or like the top two in the league or something, certain stats, DVOA or something. So um, it, it's just funny. That, yeah, just for the Seahawks, they had such a good start. It shows you that you can't take anything week one to ten for granted, and you have to actually see out the season and see out the stretch. So we will see what happens. And um, the Titans against the Jaguars is on Saturday night. So if you're listening to this on Sunday morning, just skip forward. It's it's fine. I love this game, Mark, because I think this game is going to be over after the first quarter. Uh, <laughs> you got Trevor Lawrence and this stacked stacked offense for the Jacksonville Jaguars who should have done far better last week in Houston. Let, let's be clear here. This is basically a playoff game going up against Josh Dobbs and the Tennessee Titans. We don't know what uh, is going on with their offense in terms of certain certain players being fit enough. Can Derek Henry carry this team in one game? I say no. And I also say that. I, I just I, I feel like this combination the Travis Etienne, Evan Engram, Christian Kirk, Trevor Lawrence and their defense. I I have the Jaguars winning in the wildcard round as well. And I have them going relatively far in the playoffs. Now I hope this is a close game on Saturday night. I'm stunned this game isn't on Sunday, but I can understand that ESPN probably picked Mahomes for the first window and then um the late game with the with the permutations for Jacksonville. It's. I, I hope it's a good game, but I honestly, man, I, I think the Jags steamroll them. And then you gotta ask questions about Vrabel. You have to because the GM went, and of course, like, Vrabel's one of my favorite, one of my more favorite head coaches. Or like, I enjoy his crack on the sideline. I enjoy his press conferences, but they've come so close on so many occasions. You can't just keep saying, "Well, oh, they got Malik Willis our next season. It needs to be they can bring somebody else in to help Malik Willis." Eventually, Mark, something has to give. And the Jacksonville Jaguars have proven in one season that you can turn it around, and they've done incredible. Turn it around with a quarterback, though. I think Mike, Mike Rabel has outcoached his, the sum of his parts for years. And to say they're still in with a shout is obviously to do with it being in the AFC South. Like That has always been part of it. But they've been phenomenal in playoff games, too. We think to the Ravens when they were you know, dancing on the logo or whatever, what have you. So I don't think it's on Mike Ray, but I think that everyone was able to point their own fans after last off season were able or last 
postseason, we're well able to point to Ryan Tannehill being a pro- the problem. And it is funny, you know, obviously they offloaded their best offensive weapon. And here we are now that they could certainly do with them back. But it's like, you know, they're fighting a losing battle, really. They are down to Josh Dobbs, who was fine on the weekend after six years in the NFL. That was his first start. Uh, they obviously are trusting him that he can actually throw the ball because we know Malik Willis has been benched because no 100-yard game, no touchdown pass, no more than 25 pass attempts in his three starts at a 50.8% completion percentage. But does that mean that you want to put Malik Willis into the game? Because you can be sure that, like you said, can Derrick Henry put it on his back. They will give the running game every opportunity to burn clock in this to keep it out of Trevor Lawrence's hands. In week 14, I think it was, when they played last, Trevor Lawrence had his best game as a pro. I think it was four touchdowns and all the yards that you could want. Evan Ingram had an absolute breakout game if you're talking about fantasy. So I think that the Titans have to keep the Jags off the field, obviously, um, one thing that I want to say is how fortunate the Titans are that this game did get moved to Saturday because they played on Thursday night football, whereas now they so they had a long week anyway. Whereas Doug Peterson for the Jags, obviously head coach, says that he would much rather play this game on Sunday, but they'll play when they have to play. Now the Titans, we know they can be frisky. This is a six and a half one game in their last fifteen games as underdogs of five points or more. They uh, are eight and seven, so. What game shows up? I don't see them being able to beat them. But if Derrick Henry gets rolling, I mean, he got rolling against the last day and didn't make too much of a difference. But the Jags have been honored and cold. Obviously, the season got off to a flying start, had a very um, strange middle section of the season. Now they've been on fire ever since. I'd say it's handy enough. I'm a bit like you that I'd uh, see the spin over pretty early. But that's why it's in prime time because it is a winning game for both teams. But I will actually put in a stat now because I find this crazy. Somehow, if the Titans win this game, the Jags can make it as the seventh seed. If they lose, the Steelers lose to the Browns, the Patriots lose to the Bills, and the Dolphins lose to the Jets. I mean, that's not out of the realm of possibility. Imagine the AFC South sent two teams. But the thing is, and we are going to talk about this, and I don't want to give away my pick later on, but in terms of permutations, the Steelers one's incredible because it's so realistic. Wide open, wide open, wide open. Um, Now, if you're saying about this game, I mean, like, if if we do get to the second quarter and it it is a blowout, is it me or you tweeting, or what's the crack? I mean, like, in terms of (laughs) the the more serious conversation, is it, like, the 2 a.m. club? I don't know. Michaela, are you... Are you planning to stay up late for this game on Saturday night? Because this is the Beezer. This is the this is the division title on the line in the swamp in the bank. I think they call it. There's a swimming pool. Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh yeah, yeah. Tony Khan. AEW. I think it's one of the games you kind of do have to stay up for. Like I, I think the Jaguars could potentially blow the Titans out, and it is an interesting conversation now when you look at Mike Rabel and you look at. Um, Ryan Tannehill because it's one of them situations where one of them I feel like one of them has to go because obviously if they've gotten so far so many times they've just kind of kind of similar to the Green Bay Packers where they kind of get to a certain point in the playoffs and then just they're done then they're always done at a certain to, at a certain moment but I think if you were a Tennessee fan I, I think even any NFL fan would say 
it's that point where you pick usually if you say is it the quarterback or the head coach I think a lot of people would stay with the quarterback consider like depending if the quarterback is a star like if the quarterback is a star and the head coach is a star I think it's always you're going to stick with the quarterback but I think in this case obviously Mike Vrabel's the star and Ryan Tannehill is just average so I think next season there could potentially be a shift. I don't know. Would they bring in a veteran? Could they bring in Jimmy G? Could they bring in Derek Carr? Derek Carr might be an interesting thought in Tennessee because he he has the experience. He's a good player. He's definitely a step above Tannehill. So it'd be, I can't wait for the off season to see where all these quarterbacks go. But one thing that always sticks out to me about the head coaches when I'm thinking, I'm like, what would Mike Rabel be like with the Los Angeles Chargers? Or what would he be like with, you know, another team that has like a really, really good quarterback. And I think that can be said for a lot of the head coaches, maybe, you know, like would Salah at the Jets, would they be doing a lot better if they had a more surefire quarterback? But I'm very proud and happy for, because when I obviously was watching Trevor Lawrence when he, like, it was like when they were playing him and Joe Burrow were playing in that championship game, Clemson versus LSU, I was kind of like, which one do I want to win? Because they're both so likable. And Trevor Lawrence is supposed to be this next generational talent. He's supposed to be like the next Peyton Manning. So I'm glad that he's, he's, I'm glad it, it wasn't delayed another season. I'm glad he's come into it now and he's proven to everybody that he is a good quarterback. And he was rightfully taken at the number one spot and I'm happy for Doug Peterson because he's a great coach and he's obviously gotten the best out of Jacksonville considering how bad their situation was last year so you know this game is pointing to you know if we all think the Jags are going to win so this game is pointing to you know the Jags being celebrated you know they got all this stuff right they got the right head coach in they got the right quarterback and then it's going to be obviously for the Titans it's going to be question time for them about I don't really think about Rabel, but definitely about the quarterback. So it'll be it'll be an interesting one. But yeah, Jags still in, definitely. I would love to see Rabel in LA. Oh, it'd be, be unreal. Him and Herbert. I say it'd be unreal. Oh my God. It'd be class. Oh my God. Right. At least he wouldn't go for it in fourth down all the time. <laughs> okay. Um, Philly, 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 Philly. I, I mentioned this the other day, Marcus, but I'm going to mention it again. Last year, the Eagles fans gave out a stink whenever Wash or when Philly rested the whole team against Washington. And as of, as of the time of recording, um, it seems as if Jalen Hurts will play, dependent upon obviously last minute. Mikhail is very happy there. Last minute uh, situations and potential injuries. But it, let's go into this conversation suggesting that Hurts will play against the Giants Sunday. Giants resting, it seems, starters. Uh, please correct me if I'm wrong on that, Mark, but that was my research. Um, I don't ever want to hear a Giants fan complain ever again because they're either playing Minnesota and San, or San Francisco next week or whatever week the NFL is going to have the wildcard games. It's time for the excuses to stop now, but they cannot ever complain again about teams resting players because you know it, it is what it is I, I i i will say i have got no loyalty to any team in the nfc i think if somebody has watched the league all season it would be a travesty if philly weren't to, weren't the number one seed in this division i really they, they could drop down to what, as far as fifth if they lose on sunday i i just don't think that's fair they're a far better team than that. And, and Jalen Hurts is still my MVP, even though he's missed two or three games. And I think that says a lot about the way the Philly have played, Mark. But uh, how do you see this going with the with Philly and I guess with the NFC East in general on Sunday? I think no team in the NFC out of anyone that can get that number one seed could deal with it more than Philadelphia. Because when it comes to their injuries, they're so 
short term that, you know, week helps Jalen Hurts massively. Week helps name any number of players. Obviously, Sweat went there, Lane Johnson. All these guys are hoping to get back in the playoffs. So if they can just get that one, I think it's massive to get them back on track. Like, without Jalen Hurts, their path is so much more difficult now, whether it's through the number one seed or not. Like, yeah, obviously, if they're the number five seed, you'd still favor them. I do think that it shakes up an awful lot of things, but it's like even the Philadelphia weather will have an impact. So you need Jalen Hurts' arm versus, you know, Gardner Minshew would be, you know, he's not going to be there for almost for um, Philadelphia in the playoffs. But um, I do think that Jalen Hurts has to play. I know that health comes first, but it won't. Um, like, and I mean, it's not like they're putting him out there with a concussion, it is a shoulder injury. But I think that he will play. But the problem is how he plays, like, literally, how he plays. Will they give him any quarterback uh, designed runs? Because without that element of the game, kind of changes what Philadelphia has been doing. You know, the the whole cliche is when you have a mobile quarterback that it suddenly becomes 11 on 11 because you have to defend the quarterback versus, you know, give, dropping a man because you don't have to go after him. So it does change that offense. And we've seen that in the last few weeks that they have changed. So I think he does play, but I think that it should be handy enough game right they're 14 point favorites in this because they're so sure that the Giants won't want, want to show anything and they're going to be resting starters so it's um a little anticlimactic right like it's, it's definitely a, a funny one because they could probably win without him just in this game alone because the Giants are going to rest more players than anyone else in the league Gail it's a bit of a weird one isn't it like with um situation in, in Philly. Uh, you would expect Jalen Hurts to play on Sunday, but did we just ignore last week if Jalen Hurts goes out and just balls out on Sunday? I think you I think you can ignore last week and the week before because I think everyone went in, um, by the way, I'm wearing my Jalen Hurts jersey, got this for Christmas, I'm very happy with it. But anyway, I think everyone expected the Eagles to lose against the Cowboys just because Jalen was injured and then we had a few under a few other injuries. So like I really wanted to beat the Cowboys just because the Cowboy fans are really annoying and they <laughs> were obviously big rivals with them being in the same division and all. But so I wasn't that sad that we bet them we lost to them because I was like, okay, that's a good team. That's a team that could go far in the playoffs. But to lose against the Saints who you know, probably we're never going to get into the playoffs, which is just really infuriating because I'm like, that is a team that is below average this season. You should easily be able to be him with the backup quarterback, even if you are missing a few players. You have AJ Brown, you have Devontae Smith, you have Miles Sanders. You know, these are all good guys. And I know Mark Gardner Minshew can play well from what we've seen of him in Jacksonville. But I know Mark was saying it's it's anticlimactic, climactic, which it kind of it is for kind of the neutral fan, but for me, it's it's going to be so stressful. And I do hope Hertz comes back in, but then again, I don't want them to aggravate an injury and then be completely out for the playoffs. That would be worst case scenario because I think if they don't have him, they're they're not going to go far in the playoffs. But you know, it just shows that. Jalen Hurts is definitely the league MVP. I know you said for yourself, Michael. I wonder if Mark still feels the same, actually, because, um, you know, he's been out the two games, mm. but I think the two games, he's just, I like, no one's really stepped up. I don't, like, Mahomes, because he's shown a couple of picks. Like, no one's actually 
blown Jalen out of the water the last two games when they had the chance and just showing how the Eagles fell slightly a level without him just shows that you know he wasn't just a system quarterback like no he's actually like a star and I think if he performs this well next year then he's he's a top five quarterback easily I'm, I'm not saying it right now he's like this season he definitely is but as the league in a whole, I'm not going to give it to him yet, even though I am a fan because I need consistency, especially after watching Baker Mayfield for years on the Browns. I'm someone who will need to see it uh, next year as well. But yeah, if the, the Giants rest players, if the Giants rest players, I honestly think like if they rest, are they going to rest Daniel Jones? Like I'm not too sure, but if they rest a few players, I think they could probably win the game with Minshew, but I don't trust Minshew and I, I don't trust the Eagles really without Jalen. He obviously has a leadership quality that is very important to the team. So if Jalen comes back, they're definitely going to get the, the number one seed. If they have to play Minshew, it'll be much, much tougher. Do you think Giants fans, Mark, are eating their words after last year now? Or do you really care? Is it like me? No, they don't. It's uh, too uh, short term to be thinking about that. And I suppose they don't want to be reminded of it. You're probably going to get muted faster than getting um, an apology or an admission from them. When you asked there about Jalen Hurts, I do have him still as my MVP. I had him all along. But I, I wonder now, will Patrick Mahomes get in there? And when you, you know, when you start to project into the future, Look, Jalen Hurts, what is going to cost him becoming a top five quarterback is the exact same thing that has cost Lamar Jackson. When you're as mobile as you are, you are bound to pick up injuries. Those injuries start to niggle the more seasons you play. And obviously, the Eagles are most likely going to lose Shane Steichen, the offensive um, coordinator who has been so massive in that run game in Philadelphia. So, like... You know, there's no point talking about it now. We'll talk about it in the offseason. But it, it is a shame that these mobile quarterbacks get injured. And I think that that is what could cost him the uh, the MVP. Like, Mahomes has been fantastic. It's just I love watching uh, Jalen Hurts. Absolutely. Uh, let's look at two other teams in the AFC East here. We're going to look at first off at the Miami Dolphins. And we'll talk in the same conversation about the Buffalo Bills opponents this week, the New England Patriots. Um I'll sum it up very quickly, Mark Frame. Mac Jones is a crybaby, and this is the worst team that Bill Belichick has had since 2003, 2002, or whatever year before Tom Brady came in. Um, I think this is Mac Jones' final game for New England as a starter in the NFL. Uh, that's a... Uh, I just need to uh, figure out that you said for New England, I think that he's probably going to become a backup somewhere and then, you know, you can you can always sneak in. So I'd never say never. But like, is it Bill Belichick's worst team? It's one of it's a fantastic Definitely defense. It's it's, uh, it's fantastic defense. It's just the offense is horrible and they have no playmakers. End of, you know, they've rattled through too many different guys. Sorry, I thought you were going to come in and say something. Oh, they, yeah, don't <laughs> Ramondre Stevenson, obviously, when they became run first, it was fine. But something that I did think was funny, and I'm going to flip it back on the defense, was when you actually look at who they've beaten this year to get to this position that they could get into the playoffs. Talk about quarterbacks that they've beaten. Jacoby Brissett, Sam Allinger, Colt McCoy, Teddy Bridgewater, Mitch Trubisky, Zach Wilson twice. The only impressive one, funny enough, is Jared Goff. So, you know, no one has kind of noticed that that soft part of the schedule that kind of the NFC East was, it was being leveled against the NFC East at the beginning of the season until we realized that no one knew who was the good teams anymore. When you kind of look at 
there's a lot of backup quarterbacks and that in there that they you can't say are fortunate to be there and when it's at the cost of the Miami Dolphins potentially missing the playoffs because as it plays out New England controls their own fate they have to beat the they have to beat Buffalo to get in and when you talk about this game, yeah, it's going to be an extremely emotional game um, based on what happened to Tamar Hamlin. I think one way or another, the storyline coming out of it is that that is what's going to win or lose Buffalo the game, that there is an emotional aspect that players have to deal with. So if they're able to rise above that, um, you know, they're going to play lights out Buffalo. But, you know, it's extremely difficult what they're going through. So I think it's kind of out of New England's hands what opponent they're going to meet on the weekend it's a desperately sad situation I mean what else can you say about it but if you want to break it down in another way Buffalo can also feel hard done by because if that game had been played on Monday they could have known that they had the number one seed if Kansas City who play on Saturday lost to the Raiders and we saw how Sidham played last week like it's not a put a rollover game from the Las Vegas Raiders anymore that Buffalo could have been sitting in this game knowing that they have the number one seed and could have rested players and that would have made it a bit easier for the Patriots so I suppose we didn't really talk about the actual fallout of that game not going ahead for the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals the other day but it's kind of these guys in the further down the pecking order are the ones that kind of for lack of a better word lose out because they have their uncertainty we'll we're going to talk about how it affects the Ravens in a second but then when you flip to the Miami Dolphins I do I have the Patriots losing to the Bills and then I do still have the Dolphins winning but it's going to be with Skylar Thompson looks like right now because Teddy Bridgewater obviously banged up his pinky finger the other day. Now I think Teddy Bridgewater surely plays right, but I still think that 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 offense was so potent during the year that the Miami Dolphins. I know the Jets' defense, but the Jets' defense hasn't been playing well the last few weeks. Uh, that's what I was going to ask you before I go over to Michael. I was, was going to look on that on that Miami game. Yes, Skylar Thompson is. It looks like he's starting now. The minute you got that Bridgewater injury, they've brought in Mike Glenn into their practice squad. That makes me think they are panicking here. And Teddy Bridgewater does not see Week 18. I I have the Jets winning. If that's the case, am I insane? Because I think, and there's so many factors here. But you know, you have to look at the complete. And we talked about this on Monday. If the Dolphins actually lose again and don't make the playoffs, that is so man to the season. You mentioned the Ravens there. That game that they had in Baltimore, that classic game, is an incredible game. And now they can't, they couldn't, you know, go and win this weekend against the Jets. I think there's real questions that need to be asked. Obviously, with two a long term, but just most likely with their offensive coordinator, you you cannot lose so many games in the bounce at this time of the season and expect to get into the playoffs. I think it's it's really poor. And, and honestly, I think Miami fans deserve better. I, I think we all deserve better. Like Miami in the playoffs looked like, you know, a sure thing a few weeks ago when that offense. And, you know, we genuinely wondered who was going to be able to figure out how to defend this Miami Dolphins attack, like between the run game and between the passing game. Now, like, Tua out has changed things drastically. But, you know, they'd still be one of the spicier teams to see in the playoffs if they're back to full strength. But obviously, we don't know what's going to happen with Tua. Mike McDaniels won't put any kind of a timeline on when he can get back. So there's no, because of how tricky of a situation the concussion was the first time around, he is playing it extra safe now. So it's been completely taken out of uh, Tua's hands. 
do I think he could be back for the playoffs? Yeah, I do. But at least they're doing the right thing this week. And I'm not virtue signaling or anything here, but I do think they're doing the right thing this week and saying, no, we're not even answering questions about Tua. He's not getting into this game because there's so much weight to this game. And it's a good spot to, you know, acknowledge almost that the concussion needs to be looked after, especially after this being the second one this year. But yeah, I still give them a chance because the Jets defense hasn't been, you know, it has taken a turn, you know, they're allowing explosive plays and that, and the offense is non-existent. So I don't know what the over under in this game is, but uh, it should be low scoring. But I I suppose I see um, Miami coming out the right side. As I do this, I want to scroll down. It's at home as well for Miami. So it'll be in the nice warm weather. Lovely warm weather, Michaela. It sounds like we're going to have a lot to talk about next week at the very, very least, but just intrigued to hear your thoughts on, on Miami in this quarterback situation and then who you think is going to win this Patriots thing as well. I mean, for me, I've got the Bills beating the Patriots if the game goes ahead at the time of recording. Um, obviously, very, very emotional, but the Bills need to get and get their business done and win that game for tomorrow and win that game for the fans. Um, on what Mark said there about the game, I, I believe that the Buffalo Bills should be given the opportunity to play the three and a half or three quarters um, in Cincinnati before the playoffs start. Uh, the Buffalo Bills deserve to be the number one seed if they win both those games and they deserve to have the opportunity to be number one seed because they've went through so many years where they've lost um they've lost what four Super Bowls. You know, I, I I I really think come next week, if Kansas City are sitting number one, that they will go on and try and get that there. Um and yes, yeah, so I've got Miami losing to the Jets and I've got Buffalo uh winning against the Patriots. It's it's interesting in this division. It is, yeah. It's kind of it's kind of like a last chance saloon for the Dolphins and the Patriots. I think it was interesting what you were saying about Mac Jones. Um, I I think he'll be the the quarterback for the Patriots next year, and that that will be his kind of this is it year because which I think is a bit unfair. He's only going into his third year. No, it wasn't Mac Jones. Everybody was all over him last year. This is the next great quarterback in the league. This guy is going to be incredible, and his calm down this season has been atrocious, McKill. I did like. I mean, it's it's actually atrocious. Patriots fans thought they had this new evolution of quarterback. It was yeah. nuts. No, yeah, no, it was crazy that the, his rookie year that he he was considerably like kind of second in choice for rookie of the year, and then you know just now he's just like you said he is a crybaby like he like i don't like his attitude i think he does need a little bit of an attitude adjustment i don't know he like he's so unlikable by not even the fans but a lot of players seem to be calling him out as well for his dirty plays like he kind of has to someone needs to kind of grab a hold and be like look you can be a great you can be a great quarterback in this league but you have to cut out all this kind of i don't maybe he thinks he's entitled to it because he was at bama or something i don't know what it, what it is about him but I think you're going a bit too far saying he won't be the quarterback next year or he's going to be designated to a backup for the rest of his career um, in a couple years' time. Um, I think the Patriots I think the Patriots got a good quarterback with him. I think they just need to sort out a few kind of uh, issues um, and stuff like that. And it's only his second year. A lot, a lot of players take a dip in their second year. It's nothing to, to panic about. But on, on looking at the Miami Dolphins, it's, um, you know, it's kind of it was a few weeks ago when they were playing really well it was kind of like everyone was saying you know it's Jalen versus Tua for the MVP and I was even thinking to, to myself that um you know the Miami Dolphins could have been in the AFC championship game and even went on to the Super Bowl in the form they were in and now if you had said that to if I 
I've heard that now for the first time this like this week. Like if I said that someone said they were going to the Super Bowl, the AC Championship game, you'd laugh at them because there's no way in the hell they get far in the playoffs. And um, because even if Tua didn't wasn't injured, he he just the to put it to put it in the kind of meanest way possible, he kind of choked. Um, I don't know if the MVP talk was getting to his head. He just choked, and th- in his last couple of games he played, and especially the, like I know the 49ers defense is the best in the league, but he was playing against Brock Purdy, who was the last pick in the draft, you know, and Tua was like the fifth pick in his draft, you know, like it's kind of you, you would expect Tua to to do better. Um, so you know, I. I would kind of agree with Michael and say that, especially especially if Teddy Bridgewater is out, I think that the Jets could beat them, but only because I think I like um, Salah's personality better um, than the my, 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 than Mike McDaniel's because Salah gives me kind of... I, the, I love McDaniel's. I, I actually think McDaniel's a legend. Just I think he's he's a, yeah, like I think he's a legend in like a funny way, but I think passion-wise, I think I'd go for Salah. And, you know, seeing the stuff that passion, like Dan Campbell and, and Salah and um, the New York Giants, kind of seeing what their head coaches are passionate and that kind of riles the players up. And it's kind of, it's it's more interesting to watch i think than a guy who you just think is really cool or is a legend or is really you know suave or whatever so i think look they both don't have their a good quarterback so it's basically up to defense and it's up to the per i think that a little bit of the personalities of the head coaches so you know and i i think salah could do it just because of his passion and because i i get the the vibe that he's real you know, I, I I obviously think the guys at the Dolphins and the guys at the Jets, they both love their head coaches. But for me, personality-wise and passion-wise, it's Salah. And I think that's that's what could get the win over the Dolphins for the Jets. And it's a very good point because at the end of the day, the Miami Dolphins have something on the line. They can get to the playoffs. So if you can't coach your guys up, whether it's the division opponent that has a good defense on the year or not, like that is going to have a lingering effect. If you, you say the Patriots, you know, do lose and then you lose and you cost yourself a chance at the uh, the playoffs, then it turns out, you know, the what ifs that would go along with if Tua was healthy the next week. Let's round off with the AFC North. The AFC North coming into week 18, the Steelers are playing the Browns, the Bengals are playing the Ravens. And it's really interesting for me. And the one that stands out for me, Mark, is the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers, I, I love the way they grounded that victory and all, against the Ravens on Sunday Night Football last week. But the thing that really, really got me going was uh, Kenny Pickett and the development that he's made. I'm not saying he's a world beater by any shape or form of the way at all. I would rate him higher than the potential that people are talking about Mac Jones, for example. I think he, if he can get a good offseason on his belt and get a good second season of experience in him, who knows what could happen in Pittsburgh. The Steelers need to beat the Browns. They need two other things to go their way to make the playoffs. Um and Mike Tomlin deserves Coach of the Year if he does this because this whole record about not you know not having a losing season, if they actually manage to do this, they need to beat the Browns, they need the Bills to beat the Patriots, and they need the Jets to beat the Miami Dolphins. Oh, as I yawn, excuse me, I'm yawning because I'm bored of the other teams. Oh wow! The Steelers are going to the playoffs, Mark. Um, Tell me I'm wrong. The Steelers got a massive favor, and you know Tomlin's record got a massive favor when they had the Ravens to play a couple of times in the space of three or four weeks without Lamar Jackson. It has definitely helped because you'd imagine the 
the Ravens would have beat them if Sands and Butts don't count for anything this week. They are in with a shout. Um, you say that Kenny Pickett has shown signs of development. Well, I hope they get a lot more because when you look at what this offense has put up the last few weeks, I won't go back too far, but 16 points, 13 points, 24 He's points, 14 doing points. He's doing but, better, 100%. But I'll say they, they've been doing nothing for three quarters. I don't know if they're playing possum or what, but they've scored 10 of their 16 points in the fourth quarter last week. They scored 10 of their 13 points in week 16 in the fourth quarter. A couple of weeks ago against the Ravens, it was seven of their 14 points in the fourth quarter. So they're not doing a whole lot. When you talk about this Cleveland Browns team, who have also equally been doing nothing on offense, well, at least... Deshaun Watson had his best game, which hasn't been hard to do because the Cleveland offense has been non-existent. But at least they put up 24 points against the Commanders last week, including Deshaun Watson after a poor first half came out with three straight touchdown drives, like passing touchdown drives. So, I mean, we might bookmark that for another time because I do want to flip instead on the offense. We've talked too many quarterbacks almost today. I was looking at TJ Watson number since he got back. The yards allowed by Pittsburgh... 287 with them in the, their games, 390 again. That's the difference of a field. They're giving up, or they're keep, they're keeping teams to less than a field in difference. When you look at their points allowed, they've gone from giving up 25 points a game to 17 points a game. You know that's the difference of a two point converted touchdown. And then when you look at the sacks in nine games, they have 25 sacks in. Seven games, they had eight sacks. So TJ Watt has completely changed the defense. So if they're winning this game this weekend, it's because they're going to be able to keep the Cleveland Browns under wraps, which shouldn't be too difficult. Don't get me wrong. But I th- I suppose that's been, you know, you're talking about Mike Tomlin, if he's the coach of the year. It's definitely helped having TJ Watt back. But in fairness, like, they deserve to have TJ Watt back as well. It's like, it was the most expensive defense coming into the year. So, of course, when you have, like, you know, one of the best, defensive stars in the NFL out it did make a difference but um, yeah it's coming up for them at the moment you know what's your fault since Michaela obviously Steelers trying to get in Mike Tomlin could be I mean look do you think Mike Tomlin's coach of the year if he gets in no because I, I can't believe you said that no why would they be coach of the year it's an incredible achievement because nobody gave him a chance weeks ago. I, I, I think what he's done the continuity and the trust that this team has in him two years in a row Two years in a row, people were like, how are they going to get... Like, no, yeah. don't get me wrong. It did take... They were the beneficiaries of the Jags beating the Colts last year. That's how the Steelers did get in. This year, I guess they need a bit more help. They need to win. And then the Patriots and Dolphins to both lose as well. Sorry to talk over, Michaela, but it is like... It is crazy <laughs> that they've done this twice in a row now. Well, no. Michaela, I, I actually can't believe that Jags-Colts game was a year ago. That's nuts. That was like the worst day ever for Colts fans. How's it got better? No, it has Larry. Actually, the Colts are actually a mess of an organization when you think about it with the quarterback situation. But um, back to the Steelers. Now, I can't believe you said that. Like, I, I thought, like they have. I know Pickett hasn't been they had the best rookie season, but they still have a quarterback that was taken in the first round of the draft. So you know he's going to be at least decent, hopefully. And then it kind of like. No, I'm sorry. He doesn't get coach of the year just because he's kept his record above 500. Like if the Steelers are such a powerhouse in the NFL, you'd expect them. And they had such a powerhouse in a head coach and they have such a powerhouse in the defense. You'd like, to be honest now, like in fairness, I didn't think they'd get the playoffs this year anyway, but just because they did doesn't mean that Tomlin deserves, you know, coach of the year or whatever. I like, I think there's other 
player like other coaches on other teams that definitely deserve it more brian brian dable for example off the giants nick sirianni off the eagles doug Call peterson Shannon. Kyle Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan on the 49ers, even though the 49ers are always kind of a top contender, the fact that he's even with Brock Purdy and he's still winning all these games and, and you know, he's gone through three quarterbacks in a year. Like he's in for a shout with it. Um, I think who else did I think is in Doug Peterson's in for a shout with it? Because I think that if you look at the Jaguars and the Steelers, you're like, what's more, what's the word? What's more impressive? The Steelers getting into the playoffs or the Jaguars? And you'd be like, obviously the Jaguars. The Jaguars had the first pick last year. I don't know why I keep saying this. I think I, this is the third time I brought up that the Jaguars have had the first pick in the draft last year and they're somehow going to get into the playoffs. That's amazing. So I think Doug Peterson and all those other coaches I listed and Kyle Shanahan that Mark said definitely deserve over Mike Tomlin. I don't care about an above 500 stat that he's had for all the time he's been at the Steelers because they've always been a powerhouse organization. And he's definitely one of the reasons for that. But they they had a top like a top ten quarterback in Ben Roethlisberger when he was when he was at his peak. So no, for me it's not him. Like he is one of the best coaches in the NFL. But to me, it's one of the newer guys or someone who's been doing it consistently. Like consistently, like how when was the last time the Steelers got to a Super Bowl? Like at least. Kyle Shannon and the 49ers were in a Super Bowl recently enough and they're always kind of somehow always in the NFC Championship game or near about where kind of you look last time the only time I can think of the Steelers in the playoffs um, my last memory of it is being blown out by well not blown out but beaten by the Browns that time in 2020 and the Browns hadn't won a playoff game in years so sorry I'm just really hung up that my, uh, Michael can even say this Um but yeah, I'm I'm saying I hope the Steelers do beat the Browns because obviously as an ex-Browns fan, um, I would like to see them get beaten. And this was always such a big, big um game and rivalry, um, the the Browns and the Steelers. But I I think I remembered though, but you know, like I know the Browns haven't played that that well this season, but I think um even though I, I disliked Deshaun Watson, I, he did have a good game last week. I think he got three touchdowns, no interceptions, which is probably his best game since he came back. So, you know, I wouldn't, you can't really say he's not going to do it again um, against the Steelers. And, you know, the, the Steelers kind of, Kenny Pickett struggled as well all season. So it's kind of a really, a really flip of a coin game for me. Um, but I I hope the Cedars win it. Um, I wouldn't root for the Browns again. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna even say the Cedars are gonna win. I think somehow Mike Tomlin keeps his fairy tale above 500 going. Definitely. When you look into what it actually means for the playoffs, though, we're gonna remove if all those three teams lose. Like I said, the Jags can still get in there. But the New England Patriots would be off- offering a strong defense into the playoffs. The Steelers will offer a strong defense into the playoffs. So at least we will get to see, you know, one of these big teams, like uh, whatever way it checks out, the likes of the Bengals or the Bills will get to match up against somewhere. Potentially the Chiefs will match up against a strong defense or we'll be crossing our fingers that Tua is able to come back and then the Miami Dolphins can have a pound off. And so from that point of view, we're kind of a bit, you know, better off um, versus, you know, we're talking about at the top of the show, the seven seed, what can they do actually in the NFC? Like, I do think that these teams offer something, at least to the playoffs. I agree. Uh, I think this is the year where a team makes a run to the AFC or NFC Championship game from the six or seven seed. Again, I think something like that happens. So, so we'll see that. I will say, I really, really don't want the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game again. I'm bored. This is why everyone hates the Patriots. <laughs> 
No, I, I love them there. I love them there, to be fair. It's like they are exciting. You know you're getting a good game with them one way or another. And, th- and But they can be in it next year. Let it be, I don't know, the Jaguars and the Bills or well, something. If, At least the Bills are guaranteed to go into the Super Bowl then. <laughs> if the... Um, if there was an extra week or if the Pro Bowl had to be scrapped due to what happened there on Monday night mm. and the Bills Bengals would play next week and hypothetically they had the championship games the week before the Super Bowl, your boy's flying into Phoenix on the Saturday. So absolutely, bring the, put the Chiefs in the AFC championship game or put the Niners in the NFC and I will fly over for us 100% and uh, have to crack. It is worth mentioning, I suppose, while we touch on it now, the fallout from the Bengals Bills game, what it could mean, I suppose, within the AFC North, because the AFC North title can still be won by the Baltimore Ravens, but they would need to beat the Bengals this weekend, and then they have to have that Bills Bengals game take place, and then the Bengals to lose to the Bills. So it is quite complicated, and that's what I was saying earlier on about how it's these lower down teams. Um, so that actually is the biggest fallout of the whole um, game in terms of the playoffs is that the Ravens could move up to, I think, the third seed. I don't think they can quite, they could maybe get to the second seed with the Bills lost. But realistically, I mean, Ravens fans could feel um, that they want uh, to see, you know, could they win that? Time will tell. One thing that we, that, we, we, that we will all be emotional about this weekend is Scott Hansen's last red zone of the year. And I, oh God, I can't even think about it. During the um, offseason, we literally counted down not halfway point between the Super Bowl and the start of the regular season you and I literally counted down between the last red zone to the next red zone <laughs> so I'll tell you the enjoyment of having Scott Hansen on our screens absolutely I, I'm, I'm yawning away here I, I need the football to come back I don't know what it is it must be the heat in this house seriously though so very very quickly picks for the weekend I've got the Packers beating the Lions um, I, th- I, 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 I don't see any shocks I don't I mean, is there anybody that has a shock in store this weekend? Michaela, do you think Philly might go down to fifth? Mark, do you think the Giants are going to beat the Eagles at the weekend? I mean, like, is there any shock coming up here this week that I should be aware of? I think there's going to be a shock, but I don't know where it's going to come from. You know, that kind of way. Um, I, like, I, I, one of like the Patriots or Dolphins will likely lose. I don't think we're going to get a clean sweep of teams going for it. You'd hope, basically, that the Chiefs lose to the Raiders because that would set up a fantastic finish in the AFC or what else do you have to hope for to, I suppose you're hoping that the Rams lose to give the Lions a chance at getting in. But like, I suppose, am I going to pick anything? The most exciting pick and the only pick I think I'm going against the book is I think that the Texans will be, beat the Colts because the Colts are playing so poorly right now. And with the Texans having the uh, number one overall pick locked in, I think, uh, yeah, they're due a win. <laughs> Anyone for you, Michael? Um, the Eagles better beat the Giants or I'll be absolutely mega fuming. I think the Lions will beat the Packers just because I've I want them to beat the Packers, so I'm gonna put out into the universe that they will beat the Packers. And I'm just gonna go for a crazy one and say just for the absolute crack, uh the commanders are gonna beat the Cowboys. <laughs> Just I, just the absolute crack. I just want them to be the the only other thing that I could say that'd probably be surprising that might have a chance is the Raiders obviously beating the Chiefs, they beat they bet the Chiefs before with Mahomes. Sidham did play very well, even though he did have a couple of interceptions. So um I either the Raiders will beat the Chiefs or the Commanders will beat the Cowboys. Just because I don't know. But 
like I just don't like the Cowboys. The Commanders are actually only six and a half point underdogs in that, which you know that's still a touchdown. Sam but... Howell is the is is the quarterback as well, right? Um, so I'm kind of surprised with Washington that um they're not given. I suppose longer odds, and similarly, they or Justin Fields has been pulled because I don't think Chicago wants any heroics from him going and uh, worsening their draft stock just to knock <laughs> off the Vikings. Even though it would be a funny one, um, because it would do obviously have massive implications for them. And the too, Vikings and be... are. I know I didn't believe at the beginning of the season I was giving them their credit, but the Vikings are definitely frauds. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> um. Obviously, Monday's Black Monday. You've got Sunday, which is week 18, folks. Um, enjoy the last regular season Sunday. This is the last time you've got consecutive games. Um, and please do take what we said with a pinch of salt. Things might change. At the time 19, of recording, we've... 19 teams, Michael, can still, as of right now, make it to the postseason. Obviously, 14 spots available. So isn't that exciting enough? It's so exciting. And it's even more exciting that my team can't and your team can't. So... Um, can't. I do, I, at least you have someone. Thank you. At least I, I think, have the yeah. draft position to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> Get out. Um, um, yeah, like obviously we get teens coming up, and we presume the, the the presumption is at the time of recording, folks, that week eighteen will happen as scheduled, and we do again, um, you know, send our best wishes, our 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 prayers to the family of Demar Hamlin, to the Buffalo Bills organization, to T Higgins, to the Cincinnati Bengals as well that went through that on Monday night and just, you know, hope that uh, his health is Im- improves as quickly as possible and the situation is rectified. Uh, we, we we have good football this week for week 18, so hope, we hope you enjoy the football and we'll be back looking back on week 18, Black Monday, etc, etc, as we get ready for the postseason next week. But for now, Michael, Mark, Michaela, have a good weekend, folks. Keep it up. 